Hello, and welcome to another episode of KCSU Music Interviews. This was an interview that took place on March 14th, 2018 with the band Glass Fields. Thanks for listening. KCSU for Collins. This is Abe with the band Glass Fields in the building. We were just listening to Sandy off of their first EP, self-titled EP. Um, My my first question, um, it seems as though a lot is, a lot of your music is weather-based. And that last song was um, an ode to Hurricane Sandy. So is that a big influence on your creation? Is it a lot with weather? Because it seems like um, an overcast day is a lot of a lot of what I've gotten for the from the first EPs. Uh, yeah, you know, I think um, the goal when I started writing the Glassfield song uh, songs before I sent them to Hannah uh, back in 2013 was to make something kind of poetic mm. uh, and abstract. And I thought weather was kind of good inspiration for that, um, especially Hurricane Sandy, because my brother-in-law's uh, his mom's house was destroyed uh, in that storm, mm. so kind of hit close to home. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Um, we we collaborate and give feedback on songwriting, but Dylan primarily writes songs, and I kind of produce and help and add on um, different parts. Um, but for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved this song from the start because it was about Hurricane Sandy, and I remember that when we were in college. And, mm-hmm. I mean, even though we were in Missouri, um, I had friends in New York who were holed up in their apartments, um, and it was kind of – it was scary, and it was all over the news. And um, it was just a really – it was a really, um, I don't know, respectful memory of that event, that song. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's great. So, going back a little bit, um, start off in Kansas City, Missouri. How exactly did you two meet, and how did you come to the conclusion? It was like, let's let's have a band, let's make some music. Uh, yeah. So our our mutual friend Bree, uh, she told me that her friend Hannah was looking to play music with someone, and she knew I was looking to play music with someone. So we just like started texting set up a date and uh and that was back in 2011 i think um yeah and it just kind of went from there i'd say yeah and so that was at truman state university which is in kirksville missouri a town of 7500 people 17000 oh yeah. so the univer okay truman is 7500 the yeah. university 17000 yeah. mm-hmm. um I said that backwards. Kirksville, 17,000. But yeah, in, in a small town in Missouri. And Dylan's from the St. Louis area. I'm mm. from the Kansas City area. Um, geographically speaking, those are both the big cities on the east and west side of Missouri. Um, and then we met at the top of Missouri, just above Iowa, because um, we both went to school there. Mm-hmm. And Bree Vanyo, 
I think she got sick of me complaining about how I had no one to play music with. <laughs> and Dylan was maybe doing the same thing. I was. And Breeze, like, I'll hook you all up. Yeah. And we set up drums in my apartment, which was above a sushi restaurant. That was cool. <laughs> and we played. Yeah. And I don't know if the first session was very good, but we got better fast. <laughs> it was actually kind of awkward, but um, yeah. it... I don't know. We realized we had a, like, I think a connection. Yeah. Nice. What was that awkwardness that you speak of? It was a lot of just staring at each other. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we had ever met. No, I'd seen her around campus, but I didn't know really anything about her. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I think it was like, hi, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, welcome to my apartment. I know we've never met, but do you want to be in a band? <laughs> yeah, so like a blind music date. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it was, I remember, did we record that first? We didn't record the first practice, maybe. Well, I think we just started recording demos as soon as, like, just uh, scrap, like ideas mm -hmm. as soon as possible so we could remember them. Um, because our first band, Chocolate Covered Sunshine, was kind of more experimental. And it right. was, a lot of it was honestly instrumental as well. And just us playing around, um, just having fun, you know, with whatever we could think of. Nice. Right. So we, we started out in a band called Chocolate Covered Sunshine, which was, yeah, rock, experimental. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, I moved away and we lost our bass player and we still <laughs> wanted to make music somehow. Um, and we came up with glass fields and the interesting part about glass fields is that we've never made music in the same city ever yeah <laughs> really yeah it's all emails <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah we we meet up we've met up to record an album twice mm. um but it's a lot of co long distance communication mm -hmm. yep that's that's fascinating i know that's that's usually a thing with it's relatively easy to do with like hip hop and stuff. It's like you have a beat maker, you have a rapper, and they combine. But I've never really heard of that in terms of indie and folk. That it seems like you kind of have to be in the same room when you would create music like this. So how exactly is that dynamic worked and still put out good content? Uh, so I guess the process is, um, and this has kind of been the process from the beginning. Like I'll write a song, then I'll send it to Hannah. I'll be like, okay. How can this song be better, Hannah? <laughs> and <laughs> Hannah edits it, tells me if things work or don't work, how it can be better. Um, and and then that's just, we go do a back and forth um, until we're satisfied. And then sometimes Hannah will give me like an idea for a song and I'll try to um, create that um, and we'll, we'll do it that way too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting process and it's delicate too because I mean we are I think we're best friends at this point. Yeah. And um you don't you know you have to give feedback um musically and you want to be respectful and I think over the last 6 jeez what 7 8 years mm -hmm. um we've really learned to you know give good feedback and be respectful to each other but also not just be like, oh, good job. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, Dylan will never get an email from me saying, I like it. <laughs> it's usually, I like it, dot, dot, dot. And then like yeah. a couple paragraphs. Yeah. Um, which is ironically what I kind of still do. I'm, I'm just like a 
a kind of an editor type personality, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. Hannah puts on the producer hat, <laughs> and uh, which I'm very happy about. So it, yeah, and yeah. I love it. I because I don't play guitar, um, and I do, but I love to sing and I love playing drums and I love adding to things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really nice dynamic to let Dylan kind of lay down the foundation. And then he does a really nice job of letting me um, add accoutrements. Yep. Nice. That's a great SAT word right there. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. I didn't take the SAT. <laughs> That's probably why I went to Truman. <laughs> no, just kidding. Truman's a really good school. It is. Nice. Shout out to Truman. Yeah. <laughs> so is there a uh, next track that you think should be played a good uh, segue into the rest of our conversation um yeah let's let's do let's do autumn war let's do one more from that original ep the um 2013 one um okay we recorded that in dylan's bedroom yep and um yeah i'd love to hear that and then maybe we can talk about the, the next one we made all right great anything that you can say about autumn war um I I kind of had a vision of like I don't know there's this weird combination of themes of like getting older watching your parents get older but also combining that with like I don't know some sort of like hearing bombs over your city or something hmm. like that that kind of imagery um, I don't know how those two came together uh, but yeah I, I combined them in the song all right fascinating juxtaposition so let's check it out autumn war by glass fields KCSU for Collins. This is Abe with 
Glass Fields. We were just listening to Autumn War. Um, any additional things that we would like to say about that track? Yeah, uh, the so I I love audio. I'm an audio freak, so I can mostly Dylan can talk more intelligently about song meanings and um, you know what the mission behind the song. Um, but yeah, I think about production a lot, um, and I that that song to me it brings back a lot of memories of sitting together and learning how to sing together for the first time and how to record drums for the first time and. Um, how to record a guitar, and all these things that we had no idea how to do that. Mm. Um, hopefully that's not completely reflected in the song. It uh. might be. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was maybe six years ago, and um, we were just together, and we I bought a, a two microphones, I bought an interface, and I said, let's do this. Um, and we put together that EP and that song and we hit the road and took a tour a month later um, just because we wanted to do it. And um, we learned a lot from that experience. Um, and I just it just brings back so many memories of kind of fulfilling dreams at a very young age. I mean, we both really wanted to tour and we knew we couldn't do that unless we had an album. So we made an album. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in addition to that, you know, if you look at both our EPs and and then the the new record that we're recording once that comes out you'll see our like evolution as songwriters um as producers you know uh this and then also as people you know you can you can watch that evolution or listen to that evolution I guess nice in real time yeah that's great so the first two EPs were entirely DIY Tell me what that DIY production style and writing style and um, just overall creation, uh, what, what does that entail? Uh, sure. So um, the, the first one, we were, um, I, I, I made the demos. I sent them to Hannah. Hannah said I like them. She came with her equipment and we I... recorded in my house mm -hmm. uh, with some microphones and, and you know things like that. And then the second one, I was in Seattle. And I was, I just had my computer. I didn't have any microphones. So I didn't have much to work with. So I sent those tracks uh, to Hannah and our friend Jeremy. And they worked together in Kansas City to doctor them up, like mm. make them sound better, and then add um, their own layerings on top as well. Uh, yeah, um, with more professional equipment. Nice. So what mic did you use to record this? I used a mic in an HP computer. Oh my god, uh, really? Wow. <laughs> the that, the yeah, from the oh, crazy. upcoming track. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so it the first EP we got to record in person, which was very important. I don't think we could have done the second one had we not had that first experience in person. Oh, totally. Um, so I drove from Kansas City to Kirksville, which is three and a half hours. And I did that all the time because I just loved it. It was I did that like once a month. Cool. Um, yeah. And shout out to Jeremy, who helped us produce the second EP. Um, he helped me helped us build out a lot of vocals. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's probably eight vocal layers wow. on every single track. I think I did. I think it was like one Dylan and seven Hannah. Wow. Um, just because we were, we were, I don't know, we were just experimenting. Um, and it was really interesting to have Jeremy be a part of that um, and help us just develop. And that's kind of the magic of producers. Yeah. yeah. 
That's great. In regard to creating the song, just starting from from the ground up, what exactly is the first thing that's done? Is it do you have a melody that comes to mind and then you put lyrics to it, or do you have the instrumental first? Um, yeah, so that's kind of changed over time. Um, initially, it was just like ideas of me playing around on the guitar and then creating a melody. Um, at the time, I think I was listening to with our first EP a lot of Iron and Wine. And then with the second one, I started listening to more like Craig Thin and Hold Steady. And I wanted to start singing more about places. Um, and these days, you know, I could be on a run, which is very meditative for me, and just think of a melody in my head. Um, and I also, I try to practice songwriting as a craft. And, you know, because it's, it's, it's not my profession, but it is my vocation. Mm. So I try to work on different styles of songwriting on a daily basis and stretch, I guess, those parts of my brain. Um, and I started doing that after our second EP. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Hannah, when you have um, what Dylan creates and then going from there, what exactly is your first um, first action that you do when you're producing? So the songs I get from Dylan, I just listen with an open mind. I usually um, put it on, I don't know, on some headphones or on a stereo and just try and hear the, the song for what it is and not even imagine drum parts. They usually come. But um, the convenient thing is Dylan writes songs that I like. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> it really helps. <laughs> Big piece. Um, yeah, I mean, he writes a lot of songs about things that I can relate to, like the Midwest and Missouri and rivers and broken down empty towns and heartbreak um, and weather. I mean, they're all things that I understand and kind of speak to me also. So listen to the song. I appreciate the themes. If I feel like some lyrics need to be changed, um, I'll say that um, if I feel like the uh, structure could be better. It's usually, um, it's often make it longer. Um, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dylan writes, I mean, I'm, I don't know, maybe it's just being humble. You write really good songs, but I feel like he's actually really good at soloing too. Mm. So I think, you know, let's, all right, it goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. If that's the song structure, I say, okay, how about we add a bridge here and then you can do a solo here and I'll do an outro here and um, just try and make it more um, complete, mm -hmm. which is kind of the beauty of having um, two people in the process. Um, after that point, I kind of exchange some emails um, and then I'll sit down at a drum set, wherever that may be, because I move, I feel like I move all the time. But yeah. um, recently I uh, purchased a uh, Roland electric drum set and it's freaking changed my life. Sweet. It's so nice um, to have the ability to lay down a drum track whenever you need. You don't have to worry about your roommates. You don't have to worry about your neighbors. Um, I can, a lot of times I work from um, 10 to midnight on music. So it's really convenient. I just pop in his tracks. I record my electric drum set um, and send it back to him and then we can talk from there. Nice. Mm -hmm. As far as instrumentation, who are some of your primary influences for drumming and guitar, uh, the guitar and uh, any other instruments? Uh, yeah, so I think my, my primary influences, um, I, like bo uh, lyrically, um, Craig Finn from The Hold Steady, he, uh, 
he and Bruce Springsteen both strike a chord with me on being descriptive about people and places, which, you know, there's something romantic and poetic about, like, I don't know, even even a place as simple as like a shopping mall, having hung out there as a kid or something mm -hmm. in a group or whatever, um, you know, or like that beach you used to go to or whatever, the Mississippi River. And then instruments and also lyrics, um, a band called Brand New, which I don't know, they were surrounded in a lot of controversy with the Me Too movement lately, so I kind of mm. can't listen to them anymore, but I also can't deny that like they influenced the way I write music. Um, yeah, uh, just being descriptive about abstract concepts such as emotions, um, yeah, so... I'd say those are some of my primary influences. Nice. And uh, when I listen to music, I usually prefer bands over solo artists. Um, and I listen to the whole big picture and kind of take into account what does the production sound like? What does every single instrument sound like? Um, how do the lyrics sound? I'm, I'm less of a lyrical person and more of just a um, feeling, um, musical emotion. Mm -hmm. um, but... My big influences are Modest Mouse um, and Grizzly Bear. I love the way Grizzly Bear builds out their songs. Um, I don't know if this is a thing, but I've developed my own favorite genre, which I think is cinematic indie. Oh, wow. Um, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh -huh. that's what Grizzly Bear fits into, Modest Mouse. I love The National. Um, I love Brandi Carlisle. She's a um, folk singer, um, and when you see her live, the band really... I mean, you listen to her albums and she's good, um, good kind of like country folk. But then when you see her live, it's just explosive. Um, mm. And I hope we can be like that um, in our coming days because she busts out electrics and um, drums and really makes it powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And Courtney Barnett. <laughs> oh, yes. of course. Oh, yeah. I, I was waiting for you to mention her. Yeah. I, I love Courtney Barnett, too, by the way. Yeah. I forgot to mention her, but mm. she is really talented. I'm waiting for you, Courtney, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Courtney. Yeah. Shout out to you, Courtney. I know you are listening, actually. It's, <laughs> it's a fact. Everybody loves KCSU. Everybody knows that. And everybody loves Glassfield. Up next, we have Rainier off of the second EP, The Answers in the Pit of Your Stomach. And here we go. I won't run away from cityscapes and broken highways. I won't look your way from endless fields to boundless rain. No, 
90.5 KCSU for Collins. This is Abe, and we were just listening to Rainier off of the second EP by Glass Fields. The answer is in the pit of your stomach. First question regarding that. What does the title, The Answers in the Pit of Your Stomach, mean? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, <clears throat> well, so I wrote all those songs uh, after my, my wife and I, we moved out uh, to Seattle, um, which was, it was hard. It took a while to make friends. I was lonely. She was in school, like, 24-7, so, uh, and... I didn't have a job to keep me busy, and uh, it was also tough moving away from like Hannah and my family, especially after we did a couple of tours together, which were really nice. So a lot of those songs are honestly just about missing home and wanting to move back home. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, and I feel like that was the answer in the pit of my stomach, at least. Uh, yeah. Do you relate to that? Yeah. I mean, I can really... I can, I can, and I can't. Um, I think I was jealous when Dylan moved. <laughs> I was like, damn it, you're in Seattle, and I'm in Kansas City. Um, so I, I understand, like, after moving, because I, um, I moved from Kansas City to Colorado in 2016, and I felt a lot of those same feelings. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anyone here. Um, all of my colleagues, all of my astute colleagues like mm -hmm. yourself, Ave, were just a couple years younger than me. So it's like almost too like, you know, that bot I was like, I can't befriend my colleagues or I probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. you know, but I, I can and I can't. So it was it was difficult to meet people, um and it was difficult. Everything was difficult. Um, so I definitely understand the pain of moving. Um but I mean, we both came out of it. I, I think Dylan's mm -hmm. finally really happy in Seattle. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. And I am finally really happy. I think it took, it took like a year and a half for, cause I definitely enjoyed where I was, but it's just, it is tough when you don't know a soul in a place that you've never been. Yeah. yeah. Pro tip. If, uh, for any listeners out there that are scared of moving, uh, just give it a couple of years and you will adjust. You'll make new family and friends where you're at. And it will be really beautiful. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Great. So now into the title of that track, Rainier. Mm -hmm. Assuming that has something to do with where you were um, in uh, in Seattle, Washington. So yeah. So you know, there's that stereotype that Seattle's always um, kind of overcast and rainy. Um, and it is like nine months out of the year, but then three months out of the year, it's like 80 degrees and sunny every single day. Mm. And you can see uh, the mountain, uh, Mount Rainier, from almost, I mean, a lot of places in Seattle, um, as long as, you know, trees aren't covering it. Um, and it's really majestic. I mean, it just takes over the whole skyline. It's huge. Oh. And so when I would look at that mountain, because I moved to Seattle in July, uh, I'd, I'd see it and, you know, I'd think like, I'm going to start a new life here. You know, I've got this new city, this, you know, I'm not going to focus on missing home. Um, you know, I'm going to focus on starting a new life and succeeding at that. So Rainier was kind of like, and Mount Rainier was kind of an inspiration for that, I think. Yeah. Awesome. So that gets me into wondering what has been your favorite place to create 
Is it Fort Collins? Is it Seattle? Or is it back at home in Kansas City? Oh, wow. I think, I mean, anytime I'm with Hannah in person, that's my favorite time to create music. Nice. Um, you know, we, we joke around about being like musical life partners, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I've played with other drummers, other musicians, and I've had, you know, a good time here and there, but nothing has felt quite the same as the connection Hannah and I have. So anytime we're together, creating music is a good time for me. Great. Regardless of the place. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm with that sentiment. I've also played in a lot of other bands, and um, it's almost difficult. If anyone's listening wants to be in a band locally, I'm cool with that too. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's almost difficult to walk into a new band because we have such an intense friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, that if if my guitarist isn't my best friend, I'm like, well, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> like, yeah. um, I just have such a high standard. But I I really enjoy. Um, creating you know our our friendship and our band at the same time um as far as places to create we have to shout out to the aquadome um which is a music venue that i got to run um when i was in college and dylan was there all the time too helping us out um and it's a small little um hole in the wall venue um in kirksville missouri and um we would we would play a lot of shows there, um, and it smelled like beer and mold. Yeah, <laughs> we, we probably got like lung damage from oh, yeah. being in there. Yeah, if I die of a really strange cancer, it's because I inhaled so much bat poop in the aqueduct. Oh lord, good old guano. <laughs> yeah. And also, just adding in like, if I had to say a certain location, I would say like a tiny room, just with like my acoustic guitar. Um, where I'm completely alone and there's nothing distracting me. Uh, that's probably the best place for me to like sit down, you know, to craft a song. Yeah. Saw the location is really obviously a huge part of what we do. Yeah. Um, it's it's everything. I mean, it's yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it contributes to everything since we've both had so many experiences with different locations oh yeah yeah and that's evident with the majority of the subject matter in your songs you know it's a lot of observational and environmental based music which is awesome you don't really see too much of that you know um, a lot of it is more of a state of mind kind of thing but it's state of mind influenced by where you're at so that's that's always great to listen to and it makes the experience a lot different and um, very unique so that's always cool to um, cool to digest now going into the next project it's not an EP it's a album what is the process of crafting an album versus the two EPs that you've had well uh, I think you know we've been somewhat working on this since like 2015 since we released our last EP and we've had a couple false starts we've you know I mentioned my working on writing songs um, earlier and you know we've had to write a lot of songs throw away a lot of songs just because we want this album to be really good Um, I mean we probably in the process you know I've shown Hannah maybe like 23 songs but i've thrown away like 30 that i've written that Mm -hmm. i haven't shown hannah and then you know we've got 
a bunch of ideas um, in a folder called the idea folder on our Google Drive. That's a great name. I know. Very, very creative. Right? It's very original. And uh, I, I showed it to Hannah, and I didn't think anything of it at the time, but then she came back to me with this giant email, like, pulling a ton of songs from the idea folder. And wow. I, I kind of had a panic moment because that was, like, maybe two months ago, and I was I was like, oh, no, I have to write I have to flesh these out and make new songs, you know? So that's uh, been part of the process, I think. Hannah can probably talk more about the production aspect and her angle. Yeah, um, the the album this time is, is very different. I think the last two EPs, we maybe had seven five songs and got it down to five or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one it really was, I mean, Dylan said he had 50 songs and he only showed me 30 and then I whittled it down to... 15 Mm. um so i think that's just a state a testament to our um taste maker quality has increased so much that we can chop out you know 75 percent of what we've made Mm -hmm. um not because it's bad but it's not bad it's just we are able to say we want the best you know now um and that was really special because we have been working on this loosely since 2015 but i moved and i had roommates and it's hard to record drums la di da um, so I, I had took maybe our, we had maybe 10 songs going, probably said, I think these are the five best. Let's keep these. And then can you please write eight more mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm. out of these little tiny ideas where he just had maybe 30, anywhere from 30 seconds to 45 seconds of a cool guitar part and some lyrics. Um, and that, that's really helped us, um, come together and write songs more collaboratively, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, yeah, it, that's just been a really nice structuring process. Um, as far as actual production, we, <laughs> Dylan called me maybe about two months ago mm-hmm. and said, hey, I am going to start master's school, grad school in a few months, but I think I'm going to take a 10 day trip to St. Louis and then I'd like to come to Colorado for 10 days and make an album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, nice really (laughs) i just didn't i didn't believe it at all um because we had so much um you know difficulty getting this stuff done for various reasons um but yeah i said okay and he bought the plane ticket and then every day for the last two months we've both been practicing nonstop. um and we are recording at a new studio in loveland called redstone sound um, owned by my buddy Jeff, um, and he's building uh, this fantastic studio in Loveland um, where we can just set up um, and record. Yeah, <laughs> nice. um, it's so we've gone from a two-channel interface to a sixty-four-channel console, um, and we can record. I think we the drums have maybe 10 microphones on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first VP we listened to, I literally recorded drum by drum. Wow. So I got out a mallet and did the bass hits, and then I did the snare hits, and then I did the cymbal hits. And um, for anyone who knows anything about recording, that's a completely bonkers thing to do. Um, so now <laughs> we are, yeah, we're just, I don't know, those studios that you imagine in your dreams, Like I feel like that's finally... Um, where we're at and thank you to Jeff who yeah, thanks Jeff yeah is working with us on that um, and something I'd also like to mention about production is uh, so when I make stuff 
uh, creatively, I'm very disorganized and Hannah is like the opposite of that. And so she makes all these Excel sheets and Google uh, like doc folders and, and documents and stuff that keep us organized and on track. And I, it's not even something that I can conceptualize. So <laughs> I'm, uh, thanks Hannah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks Hannah also for doing that at KCSU because I'm right there with you, yeah. Dylan. A creative, like creatively, it's like, oh, there's these ideas and everything, and she's Hannah does a great job of just patting you on the head, saying, okay, let's let's get this in a folder, let's, <laughs> yeah. get, it all, let's get it all aligned, get all the ducks in a row before the ducks hatch and start running around in lakes and ponds. And stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's great it's great how she does that. Yeah. Um, and that brings me to wanting to know about the chemistry that you referred to earlier. What exactly is that? Is it more of like a yin and yang kind of relationship where you have an organizi- or organization side and then a creative side? Or um, is it kind of little pieces in both that help complement each other and help be uh, foil characters to each other? Yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a complementary relationship. Um, you know, we're really good at giving each other constructive criticism um, and communicating. Mm-hmm. We communicate yeah. like really well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think sometimes odd, um, like that, that worked out that way. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that's my take on it. Um, she brings like, we each just bring really positive aspects to the equation, I guess. Nice. Right. And I think we just appreciate each other for our differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am freakishly organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I appreciate, you know, when Dylan appreciates that and isn't like, chill out, Hannah, relax. Because <laughs> like, like, that's not helpful to me. I'm like, I am relaxed. I just want this to get done, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we still have a good time. We're still proactive. I mean, if you're in a long distance band like this and you don't have your files organized and your lists and your naming structure and the logistics just stack, 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 stack. So... Mm. Um, it's good that Dylan's accepting of my, uh, harping on organization and it, I think I, I like what he does. So I have no problem contributing to that because I love the songs. Yeah. Yep. Great. Um, as far as this upcoming project, you have told me that it's quite different from the past two EPs. What makes it different? What is it that that's making this project, uh, a step in a new direction? So I remember when we were on the phone once, Dylan goes, I think our new album, I I think it's going to be like when Bob Dylan first played the electric guitar and the, pe- <laughs> the people rioted. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, that's awesome. <laughs> I want that. Um, so it is, it's heavily electric. I'd say two thirds are dominantly electric. Um, mm-hmm. There's still, there's still a twang in there. There's still some country feel, a lot of rock, um, but we're just we have um we have the ability now to play full drum kits full electric guitars and layer it up yeah yeah big influence uh for me was the album daisy by brand new which they go from like soft to loud really quickly kind of like um i don't know i i think in uturo by nirvana would be in a similar vein and um you know, we kind of do that a little bit on this album here and there for sure. You know, uh, throw some curveballs at you, like going loud and crazy and then going back 
being like really soft and melodic and pretty. And mm-hmm. and we've also worked a lot. Like I've been practicing singing. I couldn't sing uh, when I gave Hannah the very first demos and we did our first EP. I didn't know how to sing. Mm. And you can kind of tell. And then you can kind of tell I got a little bit better in the second EP. But now like I can actually sing um, fairly decently and do harmonies and stuff. And so our our musical skills have actually grown as well. Not, you know, um, just the production techniques. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we're both better musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, proud to, I'm proud to say that. Um, and I'm a better drummer than I used to be. I'm probably a better singer than I used to be. Um, and yeah, there's, there's just explosive ebbs and flows song by song. And then also within songs, mm-hmm. I have been recording drums and I'm like, arms three feet in the air crashing something and then the next second it's like you know it's it's uh uh dynamic for sure yeah and it's also been very emotional recording these songs like you know um i don't maybe this is too personal but i'm gonna share it yeah last night uh while we were driving home from our recording session hannah said like yeah on that second to last drum take i i started crying you know and i was like yo i felt the energy i felt it when i was listening to her do the drums too and it's it's real man i i'm like i'm kind of breaking up right now but yeah it's 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 real it's cool yeah that song there's a song on there called charlie which is about my friend charlie who died in 2013 in kansas Mm -hmm. city um very unexpectedly and way too soon um when he was 27 um and it was heartbreaking and it's really it's been cathartic um to have dylan help me compose a song um to you know honor his life yeah. That's oh, beautiful. Is there a specific theme to this album? Yes, definitely. You can uh, say the title. Yeah, we we're okay saying that? Yeah. Okay. Uh we're we're going to call the album Some Love Never Dies. Hmm. And I think it like deals a lot about that aspect, um the different aspects of love, not just with a person. There's a song called Addicts Well. Hmm which is about the Aquadome, which we mentioned earlier, mm. where we spent a lot of time. and So much time. In the spring of, oh, I don't know, maybe 2015 or 16 or 14, I can't remember, there was a heavy rainstorm, and the building, which was over 100 years old, fell down. On my birthday. On Hannah's birthday. So what wow. day would that be? After September that? 10th, 2013. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, so. I was yeah. grief-stricken about that. Um, and, and so... You know, I wrote a song in memory of the Aquadome commemorating it. Uh, and so I think a lot of the album has a similar theme to that, just commemorating different places we've been together or separately. Yeah. yeah. September 14th, September 10th, 2014, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember I was in a meeting and I got a text of the, a photo of the Aquadome. It's this historic, beautiful old building that just was never cared for. Um, and the roof completely caved in. Um, and there's just water on the ground seeping out everywhere on the floor that I painted and on the walls that I painted and um, all the f- electrical outlets that we shocked ourselves with trying to fix and just like spent so much time in there. It was... It's in, in it's the, the Aquadome, there's a, there's a second building, Aquadome 3.0 at this point, um, that still exists. And I'm really proud of them. Um, but that, that I couldn't have done anything I do today without the Aquadome. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I was allowed to, um, make art and 
in a small town where it needed it so badly. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So a lot of a lot of homage being paid, a lot of honor mm-hmm. in this in this upcoming album. Definitely. Thank you very much for coming in today. You were here anyway, Hannah. But <laughs> I'm here every thank day. <laughs> thank you very much, Dylan, for coming in. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, this is this has been an excellent conversation. I love learning about new music, um, and I will definitely be on the lookout for "Some Love Never Dies" by Glass Fields. This has been an in-studio session, a little interview, nice little conversation with Glass Fields. Thank you very much, Dylan and Hannah, for being here. Thank you so much. Thank Dave. you. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Any last requests? Do you, is, do you have a track that you would like to be played right now? Let's do Flesh Eating Bacteria. All right. It's a really, it's kind of a heartwarming song. <laughs> well, we have Flesh Eating Bacteria coming up next. <laughs> I need to ask about that title before we play. I like, have no okay, idea. You guys I, want I the story behind it. this? It's yes. kind of graphic. Okay. Um, okay. We've got the dump button ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get that button ready. Um, so uh, my freshman year of college, I was... Um, I was a dirty hippie, and I, <laughs> I left my clothes, dirty clothes on the floor to my uh, roommate's chagrin. Uh, sorry, Andrew, I love you, buddy. Um, and I would just spray them with Febreze, and <laughs> it was so gross, oh my god. <laughs> and, uh, and I would wear those clothes over and over again because I didn't have money to do the laundry, and I was too lazy to go all the way downstairs to do it. And I got uh, MRSA, a MRSA staph infection. Oh no. Oh, no. And it, it could have been really bad. Thank goodness for the Student Health Center at Truman State University. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, they helped me out. And that's not really what the song's about. Um, but, you know, uh, that's the title of the song. And I think the song's more about, like, mental health issues, which is a really big, um, I don't know, it's a really important part of my life to make, like, oh, I guess to increase awareness of that. Um, you know, because there's just not a lot of support for it in the U.S., unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, mental health issues, guys. Yeah. Nice. And by the looks of it, it looks like you wash your clothes now. So I do. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 since then, I've been very thorough about doing my laundry, uh, showering. Dylan's pretty clean now. Um, he's been staying at my house, and I think he showered every single day. It's very impressive. Yeah, every single day. And he, I came home once, and I think he was thinking about vacuuming my apartment. So he's, wow. he's very clean. I've, I've, really, I've turned my life around. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Anything is possible when you're in the glass for that. <laughs> Anything right. is possible. <laughs> yeah. All right, last track that we will be playing. Flesh eating bacteria. Thank you very much once again. Thank you, babe. Thanks for listening to this episode of KCSU Music Interviews. I would like to thank the members of Glassfields for coming into the studio. All music is original Glassfields recordings, and you can find more about the band at glassfieldsband.bandcamp.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Glassfields Band. Thanks to Hannah Copeland, the KCSU General Manager, and Abe Martin for hosting this interview. My name is Haley Justino. I produce this podcast. If you would like to hear more podcast episodes from us, you can find them at kcsufm.com, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes.